Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. I have, I don't know how to introduce him. Um, if you see his background, you probably can guess where he works or what he's a fanatic about. But I have Emmanuel Howell Bay. He is a Coppin State University alum. Hi, Emmanuel. How are you? I'm blessed. How are you this morning? Well, this afternoon for you. Afternoon for me, morning <laughs> for you. You are in yes. Portland, Oregon. Yes, yes, yes. Why are you in Portland, Oregon, Emmanuel? <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've been in Portland for a year. Um, you know, I got an amazing opportunity that I've been blessed with at Nike. Um, so I was in Chicago for 10 years. And when Nike gave a call, I said, you know, no matter where the location is, you know, I got to go and pick up everything and move. So Portland, Portland, here I am. So how, how I, I know I've made it about Portland, but it's really about Nike. Yeah. I asked before we started and the answer was too many, but I want you to give a rough, <laughs> uh, you know, you know where this is going. And he's looking yeah. around, he's trying to do a quick count. <laughs> he's trying to do a quick count. Anyone, 30. anyone that is only listening to us and not watching, you're missing this amazing background that Manny has of... Lord have mercy. I'm just going to say a gazillion Nike trainers, but take a rough guess. How many do you own? Uh, a little over a hundred. A little over a hundred. Yeah. Which is, which, is, which by Nike ish. standards is not, it's not that much. I'll, it's I'll not that honest. much. This is like a baby collection compared to some people. <laughs> Is it? It's, I hope this is not a dumb question. So I, I am partial to Adidas personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I love trainers, but I'm partial to Adidas. Now, since you're a Nike executive, is it one of those things whereby you better not be caught in any other trainers? Yeah, hundred percent. Really, like, especially around around town, like like you like Portland's a small small community, so a lot of people, of course, work for Nike, so they know you know you'll know if you see a coworker out and they're kind of wearing the other competition, uh, but yeah, definitely <laughs> Nike, Nike all day, uh, even on vacation, even when I'm outside of Portland. It's all Nike all day, all the time. It's all Nike what's, all day. What's your favorite part of working for Nike? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think it's the company itself. You know, Nike is, you know, a community of a lot of just amazing, intelligent people. Um, you know, has a of course rich history in sport, but you know it also has just a, a rich history in just storytelling and, and culture building in general. So, I think with Nike, my favorite part is being allowed to influence culture. You know, just through my work in general. You are specifically the North America digital brand manager. What does that? It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear my title, I say the exact same thing. Oh That's goodness, a long title. So long. It's so long. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. 
So tell, tell, especially for students listening, um, yeah. whenever I speak to a lot of my, it's, it's really exciting for me because I want, I want to connect back to students being able to connect to what things mean. Yeah. So what does that really mean? What do yeah, you so, do? So I work in marketing. Uh, of course, the marketing is, you know, very, uh, has, has a ton of di different disciplines. So for me in my role, um, I'm in charge of doing storytelling and driving community, individuals, consumers back to Nike's ecosystem. So um, that's driving them back to like Nike.com, Nike app. And I do that through like a wide variety of different ways, um, social, digital strategy, um, and just campaign overall. But my role is strictly 100% digital and driving conversation and, and consumers back to uh, Nike ecosystem. Nike is a brand. It is for some people, the brand yeah. you hear Nike <laughs> and, and this is, this is a true story. So I am Nigerian. I'm, and my culture is Yoruba and just the spelling N I K E. When I was younger, mm. I used to say Nike, not Nike because <laughs> it is a Yoruba name. I can't tell you what it means. So that's embarrassing, but that's what I would always think of. And then when I, when I got a little older and I realized there was a shoe brand initially, that's the shoe I, I, I would love. And I, I loved because I connected it to that. So I say all of that to say that be it the name, be it the famous swoosh, it is the brand for some people. Yeah. A lot of my marketing students, um, at, my university where I, I, I have my nine to five, if you will, when they think of themselves as marketing majors now, they are thinking of the dream job working at the brand. Yeah. And you, you don't just get there the second you graduate, right? Do you mind sharing or giving a little bit of advice that you think if you were in their shoes now, it would have helped you towards working towards your dream. Does does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm, and, I, and I'll be really honest. I feel like, you know, <clears throat> when I was an undergrad student, I, I didn't I didn't major in marketing. Um, I, I had my degree in psychology, so I, I was really going to go a totally different route coming out of undergrad. And, you know, I was working at Johns Hopkins, you know, I was thinking about, hey, I'm gonna get my master's, you know, I'm gonna think about PhD route. So I was on a totally different path. Um, but like, I, I've always had like a really strong creative side. Um, mm -hmm. I had like all this creativity that I just wanted to figure out a way to express. And honestly, like psychology is just not really like, you know, I mean, kind of built and designed for that. Um, so, you know, I really wanted to figure out like, how can I take some things I learned, you know, from psychology, some things that I did outside of school um, and, you know, kind of kind of build a career in marketing. And I didn't have a blueprint, I didn't know what to do. And the best advice I can give, give you know, give students is create a plan, create a vision for yourself and figure out the steps it needs to take, you know, to get there. Like Nike wasn't 100% where I thought I would be. Um, but I did have a list of companies and positions that I wanted to have for the future. And I needed to figure out how can I get there? So for me, it was like creating a plan of like, Hey, what are the steps I need to take, mm -hmm. go back to school, get my master's, get my MBA, figure out what companies I need to kind of work for, you know, what internships do I need to take to get there? What positions do I need to have next? And it was just like checking a box slowly, slowly, but surely to try to get my way to where I am right now. And then, 
I'll be honest, it's you know, it's been a blessing to kind of be here, but 100% having vision, having goals, and also having a plan and milestone to keep yourself in check. Manny, um, you saw me smiling a lot as you were talking, <laughs> right? Um, and the smile is born out of knowing that if, if, and I hope you visit different universities where especially HBCUs and hopefully your alma mater, Coppin, yes, yes. To, to, to speak to the students. Um, the smile was born out of a lot of my students feel I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to do. And if it does, if this doesn't work out, I've either failed or what the, what has happened. And I'm listening to you. This is somebody who I did not know you were a psychology major. This marketing was not the um, intended destination at the time. You, you, it was okay for you to go back to school to get the training needed. It was okay oh, yeah. for you to check boxes in spaces that were not originally on your list. And I find that a lot of our students don't necessarily like the idea of pivoting as much mm -hmm. as they need to in order to get to where they want to be. And I don't know what that is. And we may need to tap into the psychology major that you were <laughs> at some point <laughs> to try to figure that out. But everything I heard you say was create a plan, have a vision and be okay pivoting. Like I just kept on hearing yeah. be okay pivoting. So um I hope those listening, I hope I hope our students are getting that it is okay to pivot, even if this is not the original plan that you had. Um, when last were you at Coppin State University? Man, uh, right before the pandemic, actually, um, that was my last homecoming that I that I attended. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I will visit back to Coppin. I always visit back to Baltimore in general, but. Definitely back to the alma mater, but yeah, 2020 homecoming was my was my was last. Your last. You yeah. you should come back. I think you would be proud to see oh, what's 100%. been going on. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're keeping <clears throat> up with what's going on, but you'd be yeah. even more proud to see it in person. So let us know when you come back because we'd love to say hello in person. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll be back in Baltimore in November, and I'll be at our homecomings in the spring. So I'll be at homecoming in February. We will see you in the spring. How about that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Manny, I'm going to take you through. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of our episodes yet. I hope so. So yes, if you have, have. You should I know have. what's I coming. Have. Lovely. So I'm going to bless you with a rapid fire segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh. 67 seconds on the clock. I'm going to ask you as many questions as possible. And hey, I look forward to hearing your answers. You ready? Okay. Let's, get, let's do it. Let's do this. Okay. Emmanuel, describe your HBCU experience in one word. One word. Wow. One word. Transformative. Transform. Mm, that's new for us. Transformative. I love it. Shout out your favorite professor or person or administrator at Coppin State University. Miss Persons kind of slash slash friend slash administrator, um, Ernika Nichols. Shout out to you. Um, always had my back from day one, from school to personal to everything. Um, that's a big a big sister right there. Appreciate Ernika Nichols. You are yes. amazing. Thank you, Manny. If your time in college was a song, 
what song would it be? Man, I have, uh, this is, I'm stumped. I have no idea. Um, you have no idea? Man, a song, what song would it be? Hmm. I have no idea. It was, oh man, something by Kanye West, I'm sure. But I can't think of what it, like what, what song. That's a, I'm stuck. It would be Did a I Kanye have... West. We'll, we'll just say it will be For a sure. Kanye West song. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you remember, what was your best meal in college? Probably something off campus. Um, Worldwide <laughs> Wings. <laughs> Worldwide <laughs> Wings. Cafeteria food was not always the best. It was like We're getting... very repetitive. So we're getting we're more and more people say that yeah. that calf yeah. was not where it's at. Got it. Not okay. Where it's at, at all. So we have actually used up all of our time. However, I love to take a liberty and ask you um, one more question. I I typically ask this question only of the current students, but somebody challenged me recently. Like, I wonder if the alumni even remember. Do you remember who your commencement speaker was at graduation? uh yeah uh elijah cummins nice nice yeah lucky you guess what emmanuel i don't remember mine (laughs) (laughs) i only remember because he he was he was actually my high school uh speaker as well so kind of rest nice absolutely and and may his soul rest in peace he was such a transformative speaker every single time I heard him anyway I I would always walk away feeling the speech and yeah. beyond hearing it uh, you're from Baltimore um so one could easily flippantly say of course he was going to pick one of the HBCUs in yeah. Baltimore but I want I want the story I want the story of how you actually selected Coppin State University as the one that would be your undergraduate um, um, yeah. college journey? Well, I'll be honest, I think much like my career, like I I started my HBCU experience at, in, in Virginia. So I went to Virginia University. Okay. Shout out, shout out to VU, Richmond. <laughs> so I, I did my first year um, there. Um, and I think like many people, you know, especially like where I grew up in West Baltimore, like first generation college student, you know, didn't really have kind of a blueprint um, of the experience. And, you know, it kind of got away from me a little bit. Um, too much partying, not enough schooling, uh, too much fun. Um, but I had I had, I had, I had a full college experience uh, in a year. Uh, but college is expensive, you know, I didn't have scholarships. Uh, Union was a, a private institution, so it wasn't a lot of grant money. So unfortunately, you know, I had to make a financial decision of like, am I going to take out a lot of loans that I had to pay back or am I going to come back home to go to school? And uh, I remember coming back uh, that summer and trying to figure out like, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to school? I'm going to take a year to to work. And uh, I was like, I got to go back to school. Like, I got to go to school in state. Where do I want to go? Um, and honestly, it came kind of down between Am I going to go to Coppin? Am I going to go to Morgan? Uh, let me, you know, make sure I get my financial aid packets in order and let's figure out, you know what I mean, who's going to come first. And I'll be honest, I was looking at Morgan. A lot of my friends went there. Um, but Morgan was really slow on the financial aid. And, you know, Coppin said, you know, 
come, you know, come, you know, come down. Let's work out a package. And it gave me a ton of money, had everything situated in order. And I was like, you know what? Coppin's always been kind of a part of my life growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I went mm-hmm. did like sports camps there. I did up with Bound in high school at Coppin State. So I was always very familiar um, with the university and just the atmosphere itself. And, you know, I just said, you know what, I'm going to go to Coppin and I'm just going to make, you know, me this my home and my journey for the next couple of years. And yeah, it was an amazing decision. I, I was so happy from day one that I chose Coppin. Mm. Mm. Um. I, 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 and I think most black people know what most HBCUs are in the entire country. I can yeah. rattle them off. Um, you are in spaces, you are often in spaces where I have to imagine that people <laughs> don't. It's, yeah. it, your smile tells me that you are reading my <laughs> mind and you know what my, my, my questions are going to be, which scares me because I know I have not shared any of them with you, right? Um, what's Hmm. How do you respond when you might be asked, for example, by, um, I'm going to go with a non-Black person. I'm going to say that a non-Black person in the many spaces that you have found yourself. And you mentioned Coppin State University. And um, I want to imagine that they might ask you, where is that? Or or what is that? How do you normally respond? I'm curious. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't even wait anymore. I say, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I went to Coppin State, some Baltimore HBCU. Uh, they're like, oh, okay, like, and you know, if they ask a follow up, I might, you know, provide it. But okay, like people, people may heard of Morgan or people will know Howard. Um, so I'll say, yeah, it's in Baltimore, it's in West Baltimore, small HBCU, um, and you know, that's kind of like, but oh, okay, then that's that's really it. But hundred percent, like I. I get asked that a lot. Not now people know, but like previous previous roles and jobs where people were like, I never heard of an HBCU, especially mm. like living in Chicago or living out here where there aren't any HBCUs. It can yeah. really be um, not as familiar. Yeah, I I love, you seem like a very um, um, pleasant human being to talk to at work, regardless of um, um, a person's inclinations, right? <laughs> <laughs> I said a whole lot. <laughs> very loaded sentence. I'm very yes, aware. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but I love the fact, and I, I'm taking it as advice. I'm actually taking your response as advice because I, myself, as well as several others, have gotten that question. And I like the fact that you don't, you, you literally said, I don't even wait anymore. Uh, yeah. The minute I say the school, I just quickly rattle off what it is. Uh, because what I've what I've heard from different people is sometimes there's a feeling of insult in the manner in which the question is asked, almost as if what what is and they still ask it actually about HBCUs, which I'm hoping yeah. in a couple of years or so you will know what it is and not have to ask that question. But thanks for the advice. Rattle it off as soon as you mention the school so that it actually disabuses the need for the question. And if there's anything else that's asked, you just provide them with more information. I love that. What do you want your HBCU legacy to be? If you could imagine, if you could imagine what what are you growing it as now and what would you want it to be? And and make it specific to Coppin if possible. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for Coppin State, you know, 
having been there, having been alumni from there, I look at like my my legacy is to always continue to reach back. You know, a lot of people, you know, find success and they're happy kind of being the only person there. But my job and you know, my role is to bring as many of those others along with me and just provide them with like a lot of the tools that I didn't have when I was a student. So I think, you know, I want my legacy to be to someone who did give back and not just financially, but giving back of my time, giving mm. back of the resources that I have and any advice and nuggets that I can provide to students. So um, I've been trying to do that slowly but surely and, you know, offer mentorship, help people get, you know, career opportunities. So I just want my legacy to be one of, who, of, of someone who just gave back. I love that. Always reach back so that you're not the only one there. You, you, you you mentioned something which I I know I know you have experienced it being the only one in spaces. Oh yeah, and it could be the only person who went to an HBCU. It could be the only black person. It could be the only black male. The onlys list could keep going. You said something. You said some people actually enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I wish this were another show where we could delve into. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these loaded sentences that both of us are making, um, because that that let's actually go there for two seconds, right? Yeah. Just two seconds. He's like, "Cool, I'll go there." <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is that a thing? Because that is a thing where we, some of us, want to be the only ones in a space, and yep. sometimes when we say it, it sounds as if we're bemoaning it, but we actually find pride in it. Put your psychology hat on for me for two seconds. Man. Why? Why? You know, I, I I think it's I think it could be you know uh, just a feeling of being acceptance, uh, a feeling a feeling of just like what it represents to kind of be in spaces that generally we we, we don't have access to. Um, I think there's definitely a power kind of dynamic of that, uh, and you know it, it it's something that <clears throat> I'm sure stretches you know generational. Mm. Um, and just kind of the feeling of like what it means to to make it um, in certain people's mind. Some yeah. people desire to be the only at work, the only in the neighborhood, the only who can have access to go to certain places. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it says a lot, um, but I don't think that you can, you know, kind of really blame, you know, me individuals who have that mindset. I think it's just like from a, a kind of a generational mindset of just, feeling like that is what power um, means. Yeah. Yeah, that is what power means. And it sounds, at least from what I'm getting from you, which I sincerely appreciate, is <laughs> your power tied to legacy actually means disabusing that by always reaching back and making 100%. sure that you're not the only one. So yeah. I, I sincerely appreciate that. And thank you for letting me put you on the spot for two seconds. No problem. What no was problem. your most challenging? What was your most challenging aspect of attending an HBCU? And I, listen, I want you to go there. You sound like a guy who's going to just calmly just go there. <laughs> you, you said two seconds ago that Morgan didn't really come through on the financial aid like they should have or could have. And that's how we lost you. I'm I'm yeah. I'm a Morgan administrator. That's how we lost you to to Coppin. So tell me, what was your most challenging aspect of attending an HBCU? I mean, it's you know it's administrative. You know, what I mean, things that you go through financial aid being like one of the, the biggest things. And you know, we 
we know, like, you know, we love our HBCUs. We I do. love Coppin. I, I love them. You know what I mean? But, you know, they're, there historically has been like some administrative issues of like how things are connected, the systems. And I don't know how it is now. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot better, but you know, it was like, Hey, you gotta go to this line for financial aid. Oh, and I gotta go to this line for housing. I gotta go to this line. It's like, you spend all day. It's like the worst trip to the DMV ever of like, Ooh. gotta go here. You gotta go there. You gotta go to another place. And it's like, man, why can't we have this like centralized? Like, just give me my, like, give me my, I gotta go take a picture here. It's like, it was just kind of like that sporadicness of like, at, you just always dreaded having to do administrative duties, like pick my classes, schedule appointments with my advisor. It was just, it was tough. Everything else, the learning, the classroom, the atmosphere, the community, second to none. Mm. Um, but the administration portion was just like not, not the best, not the best experience. So our our administrative systems could be better. For sure. For sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure that's i mean that's all i can say like okay 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 yeah okay yeah. i my my mind went somewhere else my and and the somewhere else that my mind went to is we have had uh illustrious alumni now who have been privy to great systems and it baffles me till today why we have not been opportuned with making our systems work as effectively as they should, I think yep. is my best way of saying it. And like you said, they are better now. Absolutely. But I'm going to say it for you since you don't want to say it. <laughs> it sounds as if we could it sounds as if we're slightly always behind on how effective these systems could be. So I, I'm hoping that one day we get opportuned that all this talent that yeah. HBCUs have birthed through the decades, right, will um, opportune us with better systems because um, they're not they're not. They're not as effective as they could be or fluid. Let's use the word fluid. fluid. They're not I as love fluid. That. I love that word. Yes. They're not yes. as fluid as they could be. We're both being careful. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get canceled as program talking bad. <laughs> but those who know, know, know exactly know. what we're those talking about. There we go. Some things you got to keep in the house, you know. There we go. There we go. Okay. But we we went there without going there, but those who know, know. So, you know, opportune us. Opportune us with the better systems that we'd be advantaged by. What's the lasting impact that your HBCU has had on you till today? Man, it's, you know, I, when I was uh, at Coppin, I had the opportunity to do and be a part of a lot of amazing organizations and, and, and teams. And, um, you know, I joined great fraternity, Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Okay. So, you know, that gave me just family. Um, I I have a really small biological family and, you know, being a noob has has really blessed me with having, you know, brothers, um, everywhere. Uh, but those core brothers and and relationships that I built at Cop and have just been long lasting. So, um, I've just been, just blessed to have more people in my life to kind of help shape and change who I am. And I owe all that to that, to that experience. So 
Emmanuel, you you and almost every single human being that I've had the the opportunity and honor to speak to on this podcast mentions family when it comes to HBCUs. Yeah. I tease, right, that whenever I speak to a friend or an associate who went to an Ivy League, there isn't a sentence or two that is going to pass before they say, oh, but, you know, when I was at Harvard or... Um, <laughs> When I was at Yale, and it's 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 consistently brought up. I don't bemoan them. Good for you. I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned it every two point two seconds. But I actually don't hear them mention family. I I I hear them mention the name of their institution mm-hmm. consistently. But with HBCUs, and and I I listened to you, and you you mentioned the family atmosphere that that this HBCU uh, 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 gifted you with. You have a family. Um, I know you've got a, a, a gorgeous daughter, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, if you could pick a school for her, which one would it be? Ooh, that's a good <laughs> question. So her, her mom went to Xavier. Uh, okay. HBCU. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, you know what? I I, I would. I'm going to say Howard. I'm going to say Howard University. Only because I just I don't know. Like I think growing up in Baltimore, Howard how is the mecca in general when it comes to HBCUs. But I think just like growing up there, it just represented like so much of the college experience. And I don't know, I think it's always a place that I, every time I meet someone, they just feel like they just had a different experience than most people. And it's always like, always seems like kind of magical. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I've been on the yard, I've been there. And I don't know what the experience is like, but it always just seemed like they had like something extra that other people just don't get. I don't know if it's just like the mystique of Howard, but yeah, I I, I would add that to her to her list of schools that she should check out and look at. You clearly strike me as the father that is not going to pick the school for her. No. I, no, I no, You no, clearly no. strike me as that. I I do like the fact, though, that you humored me by ask, answering, <laughs> <laughs> by actually answering which school it's going to be. I also found it interesting, though, that you did not go with Coppin, and you did not go with Xavier. And the only reason why I find it interesting is most parents that I talk to who went to an HBCU, they were they're going to immediately mention theirs. Yeah. I I kind of love the fact that you didn't. And I love the reason that you gave behind it. Um, it sounds as if you're gonna be okay with wherever she goes to, but yeah, I, I yeah. love I love the fact that you didn't box it into or she must choose one of these two. <laughs> no, no, no. I want her to have our own pathway and, and everything that she does. So whether that be the university she goes to, the career she chooses to have, like, you know, my job is to, you know, give her the tools that she needs to make those decisions, but you know, she's on her own to kinda of make that final last step. I love it. I love it. So at the beginning of our conversation, you did give some advice to our students, but I want you to make this very specific to freshmen. Mm. And um, the reason why I want something very specific for my freshmen is 
it you were there you were there once before you were there once before you just told us you partied more than you you yeah, studied yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth which i think should <laughs> be good. the case it's to fine. a degree yes yeah. right yeah. yeah um but what would you say to your freshman self today that you were not aware of then and and yeah go g- give advice to our freshmen in college now based on yeah. what did Manny wish he knew as a freshman? Yeah, I think, you know, balance. I think it's balance. Um, don't put unnecessary pressure on yourself to figure everything out. Um, and I think it's just like, you know, have a plan and vision for what you want. Um, I think those are kind of like the three, the three pieces, like that balance part of have fun, but you also are here, you know, to get an education. Um, and just like that vision piece is just, I think it's just so big because a lot of people kind of feel like, oh, I got to have everything figured out, but you don't have goals really in place of like what that actually looks like. So I think, you know, those are like kind of like those key key mm. things that would definitely all, all freshmen. And then just like I said, just, just relax. Like you don't need relax. to have everything figured out. Everything is not like, you know, you have to be in the moment, enjoy the moment, enjoy, enjoy the place you are, and then everything will fall into place once you have those other steps in order. Manny, I'm not just saying this, I promise you, every alum has said that, that we yeah. need to figure something out. Again, I'm in the trenches and they're not yeah. relaxed at all, yeah. like at yeah. all. Um, but every alum is saying that there's got to be something there. If every alum who has been yeah. through it and are succeeding in whatever space that they're in is saying, you don't have to have everything figured out. Relax. We need to figure out a way to get that to resonate because I'm here to tell you it's not resonating and I don't know why, but it's not resonating. It's not resonating. Um, Yeah. That hit me hard because every Mm. single alum has said that every single alum finish this sentence for me because of my experience at Coppin, I will not. Man, uh, be be shy to uh, be a vocal voice in the room. Yeah, I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, for real. <laughs> yeah, for real. Be be not be shy to be a vocal voice in the room. Are you an introvert? I am. I, I'm, I'm like an introvert, extrovert. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. This this is going to resonate like crazy with with my introverted students. That's why I asked you that. Yeah. And the fact that that you use the word shy, you you were very specific in using the word shy, and then using your voice. Those two things together is what made me ask you: Are are you an introvert? Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, listen, someone's been taking notes for class. That's what this feels like right now. Like I'm taking notes for class, like seriously, because there's a lot I want my students to pay attention to after they listen to this and your delivery of it is, is I love the delivery. It's amazing. Um, all right. You've got to be working on exciting things. You're in marketing. How could you not be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you work for Nike, but who knows? You might be doing some personal things that I would love you to bless our audience with. What is yeah. Emmanuel Howell Bay working on or envisioning yeah. that we should pay attention to? Yeah, well, 
right now I'm working. So Nike shirt, same as plug, but I'm working on um, the fourth season of the Nike Yard Runners campaign. Um, so those who don't know, Yard Runners was actually started four years ago at Nike um, by a young brother who actually graduated from Howard University. And he said, I want to create a, a campaign that honors the legacy HBCUs and figure out how we can do that um, at Nike. And he got a lot of leader support and they launched the, the, the first campaign four years ago. Um, they're really like hammers in, you know, the importance and the legacy of HBCUs through the voice of students and alumni. Um, so I came to Nike last year. I knew about the program and, you know, I asked my, my director like, Hey, when this comes back around, I want to work on it. I went to HBCU, uh, and it's, it'll be really important to me. And you know, it was a program where it's like one team doesn't own it. You know, the person who, who started it kind of passes the baton down mm. and then they make sure that everyone who touches the program within Nike went to an HBCU. Wow. So it's for the culture, by the culture. Um, and yeah, we, we are in the fourth week right now. Um, telling these amazing stories um, of students, you know, across different different campuses, and just really telling that Genesis origin story of like what they did on the yard and how that mm. prepared them to get to where they are. So, um, from to work at a company that you know I mean is is behind that and is doing the work um, and really telling these stories in, in in a really great way and helping move culture, you know, it's a blessing. So, I'm glad that I kind of get to touch that. Um, in in, in, in in any way so that's, that's what i'm working on right now that i'm i'm loving i i've heard of yard runners i am not as conversant in it as i would like to be does it does it display somewhere does how do we get to it's everywhere digest <laughs> everywhere. it uh, okay yeah so definitely if you nike.com um you can you know quick google search um uh, there'll be there's a lot of merchandise um of course, it's been so far, but it's also going on to different campuses. We were at uh, Alabama A and M a couple weeks ago at Tennessee State. We'll be at Spellhouse um, Homecoming with some of these activations, and you'll see the merch in stores. Um, you'll see the stories being told um, on Nike, all Nike social handles, and yeah, it's a, it, it's an amazing program. But if you do your Google searches, you know you'll see prior years and all the you know, kind of protagonists that we utilize, to kind of tell stories through and. Yeah, if you Nike app, you'll see some of the some of the things that I got a chance to work on and some of those Beautiful. stories that, you know, we're telling. Beautiful. Beautiful. Manny, leave our audience with one word or phrase why you love HBCUs. When we said it before, family. HBCU family. is all about family. Um, family. Yeah, family. Manny, I have had an absolute blast. I am jealous of your wall. <laughs> hint hint i am jealous of your wall should i drop my size now no uh, <laughs> thank you so much for um, you. giving of your time um i also want to thank the audience for tuning in so i love my hbcu question mark i know i've enjoyed this conversation i hope they have enjoyed this conversation and that they will be paying more attention to coppin state university because of the type of alumni yes. that it produces in 
Emmanuel Howell Bay. I also Thank hope you. that I have earned the pleasure of you subscribing to I Love My HBCU question mark and liking this episode. Yours and HBCU love. See you next episode. Thanks again, Emmanuel. Yes. Thanks so much. You've been listening to I Love My HBCU question mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.